Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Welcome back to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm Christy Penley here with my friends Matt Tebby, Ben Sturkey. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. Happy New New Year. Year. Happy New Year. It's 2022. We made it. Uh, I almost thought, like, wait, is it 2023? Like, literally in my mind, I was like, oh, shoot, I said the wrong year. But no, it's only 2022. Is that right? Yeah, you got a whole year. You got a whole year. A whole year to figure myself out. Yes, you do. Before I have to do it all again. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys have fun? I'm going to start referring to. (laughs) I was laying in bed watching Succession on HBO Max on my iPad. Uh, As I heard in in the far distance, fireworks going off. I I was at Disney World. And uh, we were you thoroughly didn't watch the fireworks. By. Oh man! No, I know. I Christy. love fireworks. I love them. They're so fun to me. And the more opportunities <laughs> to watch them, other than the Fourth of July, is like mm. great. In Colorado, mm. they shoot off fireworks from the top of Pikes Peak, and you can mm. run outside and and see them. It's super fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I did not do that yeah. this year though. I was. Oh, I had What'd a different do? way of celebrating the New Year. <laughs> I stayed in my pajamas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) You guys, there was this thing called Aunt COVID who came to my house. uh, (laughs) Did she stay too long? I tell you what, I'm still, she stayed, she was not welcome and she still came. Mm. Um, So it it messed Mm -hmm. up our, it messed up our plans for Christmas and New Year's and we drove 16 hours in a car. I started feeling sick. Mm. I got tested at a Walgreens. Positive, turned around, drove 16 hours back. Oh my gosh. Oh my word. Okay, anyway. Thankfully, that's, we're in a new year, Christy, guys. That's the 2022. Worst. That's the yeah, worst. It was the worst. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> you, you, so you left I out driving like 16 hours in a car. You left out driving 16 hours in a car with how many kids? Did you take them all? <laughs> Six kids. There were eight of us. Yeah. Six. Eight of us. And you kids guys packed into They a clown, did a not clown complain. Car. Not one time did they complain. I think because they oh. knew, like, we were all so sad, and we were four hours from Paul's family, and it just sucked. Jeez. But yeah. this is not what this this is about. This is, yeah. no, this is like a Debbie this Downer. Is, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but that was, it was New Year's Debbie Downer, Eve. so. That was. It was that my was New it. Year's that's Eve. Real. It was. That's, it was real, real life. Yeah, it's yep. real life. Yep. So, yeah. anyway. But, Ben... Mm. Uh, and good news, you sent out a, an email um, that people that. need to hear about. Months. Tell us about. I yeah. know you're good at them too. Tell us about what <laughs> you put you out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, it's something new that uh, Gravity's doing in the new year. Uh, new new year, new new Gravity uh, stuff <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. My my attempts at humor. I don't know. They're not going so well in 2022 so far. Ben, what's going Sorry, on with guys. you, man? You need to you need to, yeah, we need to carve out some space I'm here. S- I don't know. Just still feeling a little groggy. Maybe I feel like um, I feel like I you need a hand COVID, crank on I, the side of your uh, torso, and we can like you know crank yeah, you up, just, get you going. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, anyway, <laughs> apparently, 
Apparently that's what I need. Anyway, uh, what we're what we're starting in this new year is something called the Gravity Commons uh, that we're really excited about. Um, I wrote all these emails before Christmas, um, and then they all just got released uh, today. So some of listeners uh, may have gotten those emails. If you're on our email list, you should have gotten an email. Um, if you did not get an email and you think you're on our email list, uh, go to gravityleadership.com slash join and make mm. sure uh, that mm. you're on our email list. Um, but if you're interested in checking out the commons, um, we can maybe just chat a little bit about what it is. Um, kind of some of where it came from was just the idea that um, a lot of uh, the best kinds of environments I think that we create at Gravity are highly relational and they are highly generative. Um, mm-hmm. So listeners to our podcast, I think will know that we actually are curious about our podcast guests. We're not just going through a list of sort of pre, uh, pre-scheduled questions and answers. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a like promotional for the book. We're actually interested in learning. We're actually interested in having, in having a conversation where something can be generated through our conversation that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. New ideas uh, can can sort of spring up in all of our minds because we're having an open, vulnerable, honest, curious conversation. So some of the best stuff we do is those kinds of things. Our Gravity Leadership Academy cohorts are oftentimes like that, <laughs> that's all they are is conversation. It's it you know uh, every week it's conversation around uh, stuff that we're training in and that kind of thing. So we just wanted to open up um, these conversations to more people. Um, a lot of you are on our email list, and that's a great form of uh, you know being connected. But it's kind of a one-way connection where I email you, sometimes you email me back. Um, but we wanted to create a, a different kind of an environment where we could interact with each other uh, on a bit more deeper, uh, deeper level. Um, and um, that you guys could have access to some of our podcast guests and actually do some Q&A stuff uh, with, with mm-hmm. our guests. And so that's the idea of the commons. Uh, we're calling it like an online community of practice um, for, yeah, Christians, people in the gravity orbit to stay connected and for us to learn together. Uh, as we navigate the unique cultural challenges of 21st century life. Um, so um, th- there's basically what's included in it is uh, every every month, actually there's going to be a couple times a month we're doing this uh, in the first part of 2022, but something called the Gravity Commons Live, which is basically a podcast recording that you get to be involved in. It's like a big Zoom call where you can just listen in on a podcast recording. We've already done two of these that'll be uh, released as podcasts a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but then after we stop the podcast recording, we're going to open it up for Q&A. And so you can just talk to our podcast guests and and chat with them a little bit about um, about yeah whatever questions came up for you as you were listening. And it's really fun because the questions that the audience brought up in this last one uh, mm. was really interesting because it wasn't things that I was like thinking about asking. Right. And so it, it brings a good flavor. It's it's yeah. u- unique and fresh and um, I think yeah. really fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did, uh, we interviewed David Gushy on Christian ethics in a pluralistic world. That'll come out in February. And also uh, a couple people who've done a lot of good thinking and writing about the Mars Hill podcast. Again, those will come out uh, a little bit later this year. But um, if you join the Gravity Commons now, you get access to our upcoming conversations. Um, we've got one this Friday, January 7th, uh, 1230 Eastern, called Together in Ministry, Women and Men Leading Alongside Each Other in Ministry with Rob Dixon. And then later in the month, we've got one on faith and politics with Megan Chance. 
who's been on the podcast before, and Allison McKinney-Tim. Um, and then later on in February, we've got one on purity culture and Christian sex and marriage. Sheila Gregoire, who's been on our podcast, uh, is going to join Sarah McDougall hmm. to talk a little bit about that one. We've got Melissa Flora Bixler coming on. We've got David Ford. Anyway, we've got a lot of great guests <laughs> yeah. coming up. Yeah, we great. Is, yeah. So anyway, so this yeah. will be, yeah, the commons will be for, yeah, for people who want to join us for those conversations. And then every month too, we're going to have a practitioner learning lab where we, we just gather uh, to talk about what we're learning. Um, and so and try to bring the, bring the, bring the learning from those gravity commons live conversations kind of into our daily life. We'll also have uh, like a number of member meetups, different people, different, some of our coaches will host these gatherings to kind of practice processing Kairoses. If you've been through GLA, um, maybe there's geographical kind of nature, you know, a nature to the meetups to say, Hey, is anybody who lives on the West coast want to, you know, meet up and just chat, you know, ministry yeah. and all that kind of stuff. There is, there's a discussion for them. Anyway, there's a lot going on with it and, <laughs> yeah. um, we're excited to yeah. invite you guys into it. So yeah. if you're interested, so, head to Gravity Leadership. Up? What's that? You signed up, Christy? No, how did they sign oh, up? Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said you signed up. So <laughs> I am signed up. Yeah, Christy is signed up. <laughs> um, as are all of us. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for it, just uh, check it out. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons. Gravityleadership.com slash commons. It's got all the info there. Um and uh, you can reach out to us, ask questions if you have any as well, if you just, just by emailing podcast at gravityleadership.com. But yeah, we hope to see you, a lot of you in the commons. Join us there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we, uh, we interviewed Tara Beth Leach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were all on it too, right? I was no, not. Just, I was just not Matt and I. Yep. Um, but yeah, she uh, wrote a book called Radiant Church Restoring the Credibility of our witness. And, um, there's been some big changes in her life actually yeah. since she wrote the book and she talks about that on yeah. the podcast, um, moving, not just States, but things happening in her family and, um, mm-hmm. job changes and all of that. Um, and you know, honestly, as, um, she said something in the podcast that really was encouraging to me hmm. and that was, she, um, is a, a woman pastor who was in California and she talked about how she felt this pressure to get things right, mm. um, to do things right so that other women yes. would, would look at her and be like, you know, she's doing it right. And, mm. um, that hit me actually after we were all done the podcast, I was like, man, I, I get that. I feel mm. that. I think other women feel that in ministry. Mm. Um, and I just wrote her and, and told her, like, hey, I just want you to know, I know you felt that pressure, but honestly, your example um, in just talking about what happened in your life was encouraging to me. And it's not about getting it right. It's about being faithful. And um, mm. and so anyway, I just was encouraged in this podcast by by her and, and her kind of answering our questions and being open and honest and vulnerable. And so um, we're going to talk to her about her new book. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. This was a pleasant surprise, this conversation. I didn't expect her to get into as much um, of her story as she did and to share as yeah. openly as she did. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, Chrissy, I heard that comment of like a one tick maybe differently than you did. Because <clears throat> what you're saying, I think I heard that, but I also heard her talking about how she has to not screw it up so that because she, because she carries 
because she's a woman. And if she screws it up, she screws it up for all women. Yeah, I think that, I think that was probably what she was saying. And I guess that yeah. was my my response to her when I wrote her of just saying like, mm. no, like, y- thank you for being faithful. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, like, I don't know. I, I just, I was just encouraged that she had the guts to kind of talk about some of the things she did. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah. um, and to me, that was, that was <laughs> empowering to me. Mm. Yeah. Well, so. we should, yeah. we should get into it. This. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear what she's got to say. All right. All right. Here we go, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Tara Beth Leach, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome back to the Gravity yes. Leadership Podcast, yeah. I should say. Last time we talked to Tara Beth, she was in Pasadena at Paznaz, but now she has moved back to Chicago, where she's pastor of Christ Church of Oak Brook, uh, out there in the western suburbs. And uh, she's written a new book called Radiant Church, Restoring the Credibility of Our Witness, which is what we're going to chat about today. Tara Beth, is there anything else we need to know? Anything else? Uh- I think you nailed it. Okay. Well, uh, so you moved from California to Chicago uh, because you missed the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I I wish that were the reason. Yeah, Matt, it's been a wild seven years. So I was out in Pasadena almost five years and um, it was amazing. We never thought we would leave. We weren't looking to leave. Um, and it also, you know, Paznaz, I don't know how much I shared last time I was on this podcast, but it wasn't easy. Mm. Um, You know, right out of the gate, 600 people left the church uh, just because of my gender. And that really set the trajectory for my time there. Um, And it was, it was a gendered um, experience. Um, Mm. You know, the, the, that never went away that um, the fact that I was the female pastor and that just kind of created a really polarized context, but still like I really loved the church and felt called and uh, fast forward to 2020. So let's just add all the layers that so many of us pastors experienced during 2020. Like, I don't need to explain that anymore um, because we all lived it. And um, in February, 2020, before COVID, my dad was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer uh, and then my mom, a month later, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which later was a rediagnosis to frontal temporal dementia, um, which is just a really cruel, terrible disease. If you don't know what it is, the first thing that comes up in a Google search is the cruelest disease you've never heard of. Oh, At the time, my parents were 64, just never would have imagined that their lives would be so ravaged by disease. Um, and then uh, a couple months after that, my parents lost everything. I mean, everything their home, um, everything. So, so now fast forward to the summer of 2020, I'm pastoring, um, a complex church, um, during a complex time during a polarized time, um, and flying back and forth every other week to drive my dad to chemo and care for him. And fast forward now to August, 2020, I was sitting at my dad's bedside. Um, and, uh, I was, I was, flying back every other week to take him to his chemo appointments uh, four hours away at the university of Iowa. And I was at his bedside and they, my parents were in this, the most dire situation you could imagine. And um, I was 
navigating an email from a trustee that was, you know, um, upset that I'd brought, I'm using air quotes, Marxist theology into the church. Um, mm. And um, talking about critical race theory and all the things. And I'm here's my dad on the other side. And I felt like I was wrapped in a bungee cord and I couldn't breathe. And on one side was Paznaz, and on the other side was my family. And I knew that I needed to care for them, that they they really their situation was so dire. And really felt the call to honor my parents in this this terrible journey that they were living in. Hmm. And um, I just said, God, I, I can't breathe. I can't do this. Hmm. And it was just as though God cut the bungee cord on the side that was connected to Paznaz in California and said, go. Which was wild because I thought I would never go um, there. You know, just being a female pastor, you know, it just came with all of its stuff, including like I didn't want to screw it up for the rest of the women, other women that were watching. Oh, um, yeah. I've now since learned like that's not my burden to carry. Right. Um, lots and lots of therapy, praise God. Uh, but I just I didn't. There was just so much grief. I, I felt so relieved to go. And there was just an immense amount of grief. And especially when I was coming back, you know, I wasn't sure at first what I was going to do. I was coming back to carry my dad till he took his last breath, um, which he took his last breath in July of 2021. And I had the 10 most sacred and holy months I could have ever asked for with my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the grace of God and um, Christ church, they, they invited me back on staff. I was on staff there before and, um, you know, fast forward a year later from when we moved uh, to where we are now, I'm still holding the tension a year later of grief and gratitude. Um, and it's, you know, it's, I have felt like I, ha- it's, I've been given permission to feel both joy, mm. and grief, um, gratitude and pain, um, all of it at once. And so that's been this new season that I've been navigating. I feel like we could do a podcast on your introduction, Tara Bath. Um, I want to reflect back something I heard that I haven't heard too often. Just the internalized crushing pressure to not blow this for the other women. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. You know, going to Paznaz, um, and it didn't have to be this way, but it did. And it was, it it was a very public in some circles and it was a very uh, public transition and calling. And a lot of people were watching and a lot of people were excited and many, you know, in my tribe felt like this is a change in trajectory, not only for that church, but for the church in the Nazarene and maybe within evangelicalism. And there was such a hopefulness. And then to move from such a hopefulness, like things are changing to honestly, Matt, I don't know that when you, I now know and am more aware about all the just many power dynamics at play. Um, I, I don't know that we will see a flourishing situation. How do I put this of a female pastoring a large evangelical church um, in the same path that I took? I think things just need to look different. Hmm. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? 
Yeah. So, and, you know, I know there are certainly women, um, leading larger churches. And let me just say like the stories that I hear are just unbelievable, um, and crushing and sad. And, um, I've, I've cried with a lot of women as I've heard their stories. And I think when we think about like the, and these, these powerful, and I, I mean that word in the best sense and the worst sense, um, these, these powerful, large churches, which, and this is, that's in a lot of ways, like when I wrote Radiant Church, like that's, that's what I was born into. That's what I know. That's been, that's been my people in a lot of ways. And um, there's just a whole lot of power in some of these churches. And I, I think that it's going to take co-pastoring of a male and a female together, co-pastoring and modeling mutuality that will change, um, slowly begin to change the system and the tides. Yeah. Christy, yeah. what do you think about that? <laughs> Christy's also a pastor, Terabeth. Okay, uh, yes. Not not at a church uh, as large as the ones you've pastored at, but, um, you know, we've Christy and I have been friends. She was at Life on the Vine when I was there. She was the first woman to preach at Life on the Vine, where oh. I pastored with David Fitch. And so... Uh, we go back a long ways, and we've just shared a lot about the difficulty that gender brings into a, a Christian institution or organization that are almost systemic in the ways yeah. that, that, that things are organized, the common sense, the logic by which it functions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Matt, when I uh, you asked me that, I thought about my very first time preaching at the church that I'm at now. And my boss told me there's a chance that people will stand up when you go up to preach and will walk out. And I was like, what do you mean? I was so naive. I, I, I just was so hopeful and so unicorn and rainbows and... Everybody loves Jesus, and I just didn't really know. Um, and then big lessons came. So mm. um, it's real. Gender dynamic, power, um, where the church is now, and the hope of where we could be. Um, it's complicated. That's right. Yeah. Well said, Christy. So, so you've got... So, so that's the first thing I wanted to just reflect back. The second thing is I didn't think it was possible for me to dislike 2020 anymore, but now I do. Mm. That is 2020. I'm still journaling through it and we're, we're on the, you know, we're in 2022. Um, so 2020 had its problems all unto its own without family dynamics and a vocational crisis and spending time between uh, three time zones. Uh, every other week. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of then you feeling, um, I don't know. I hurt is maybe insufficient for this Terabeth. Um, disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you birth a book, a book about the radiance and beauty of the church in the midst of that? Yeah. So, Thankfully, I had written almost most of the book. <laughs> before um, that. Yes, before that. 
Um, You know, the, during the editing process, I was in the throes of it. Mm. Uh, So that was really hard. Um, And I was able to reflect then on COVID and uh, some of the other things from 2020, but the bulk of the book was written in 2019. Okay. Um, But, and so, you know, it just takes so long for a book to be released a year later. Um, Yeah. But I did feel like, grateful that the book was released in 2020 because it was right after the Capitol riots. Um, I mean, the book was released two weeks after that. Um, And it was, as we were still processing so much from 2020, uh, I felt like it was the perfect time for the book to be released. And maybe I meant the words more then um, than I meant them when I wrote them. Or maybe I should say I I felt more of a passion uh, for the book. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. The book actually is trying to do two things at once, and I think it, it succeeds, Tara Beth. It's a needed book. It seeks to tell the truth about the ways the church has fallen short or been held captive or maybe been subsumed under larger agendas that compromise or besmirch uh, the church's mission. And it seeks to uh, call the church back and forward into what God calls the church to be in in various ways. And as I read this, and as I listened to your story, just your introduction story, a couple things impressed me. And I'm going to ask you about about one of them. Why is it so hard for us to hold those two things together? Telling the truth about what is and holding before us what could be like why do we struggle we either we either want to gaslight that things aren't that things are fine and if you have a problem as a woman in the pastorate but maybe you're just not cut out for leadership mm-hmm. you know or we just want to tear the church down mm-hmm. and like destroy her um and you do neither you hold you don't destroy the church you hold these two things together why is that so hard yeah you know especially in our culture um with the rise of, of what we know as cancel culture, uh, it's, it's either we are going to um, cancel and do away with it um, or the complete opposite. Um, and often those who hold a lot of the cards in power is we want to deny it and there's nothing to see here. Now move along. And I think the call for um, Christians today is, is really to hold that tension of saying, no, you know what? everything's not okay. We're not going to sweep it under the rug. We're not going to move it along here. But also as Jesus centered people, 
we believe in the the church. We believe in the bride because we believe in Jesus. And and you know, and I don't blame those that that want to just tear it down. They're hurting, um, and they're hurting for the. And, and I'm I'm talking about dear friends of mine who have gone down these paths of of deconstruction, which I know is a popular conversation right now. You know, they've gone down these paths of deconstruction um, and somehow have lost sight of, of Jesus uh, at the center. And there's just no end to the deconstruction. Um, and certainly when we start to deconstruct, like problems, problems are revealed and problems that need to be discussed. Uh, but we also have, I mean, when we, when we look for me, when I look to Jesus um, and I look to the words of Jesus, I don't see Jesus saying, you know, to hell with it in 2020. Uh, it's just all going to come crashing down and tear it down. Uh, but Jesus says the opposite, that the gates of hell won't prevail. And so the very idea of the church, um, as we see in scripture, is what I want to hope for. Now, the church as we see it today, as what I want to critique and is what I want to say, like, let's hold up the mirror and get really honest and begin this corporate process of examination, of lament, of confession and repentance. Maybe you can double click on that a little bit. What does that look like? Does that look like we have a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who are ministry leaders or, you know, pastors and all that kind of stuff. So um, what does that look like to be vulnerable uh, and open or real enough to hold up the mirror, but also to have hope in the midst of that honesty? Yeah. Well, you know, and I think here's also where Scott McKnight's book, A Church Called Tove, uh, yeah. can be really, really helpful helpful Absolutely. for us um, creating a culture of Tove. And I think, you know, if, if you can read Radiant Church and then read Scott's book back to back, those are great companions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, this uh, what one of the things that I talk about in the book is we need to reconsider our practices. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not that that, you know, Bible reading and prayer are practices that we should do away with. Um but we need to expand our practices um, to shape us for this new future and this new reality that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And so this process of corporate examine, um, I'm, you know, and again, just to dovetail off of Scott's book, um, A Church Called Tove, um, this is, this is a, um, it's culture, it's creating culture, right? Right. And so, but what does it look like? It's, it's a culture that listens and so ex- corporate examination is not just, you know, locking ourselves away in a prayer room together and saying, okay, everybody be silent now, search our hearts, oh God. Um, but instead, it is a, it is a long obedience, um, to borrow the words from Eugene Peterson, it is a long obedience of opening ourselves up to the spirit as we open ourselves up um, uh, to those around us who are hurting. Um, and learning the process of those of us who are in power of decentering ourselves mm. um, and centering um, those who are marginalized. Because when we begin to center those who are marginalized and those who have been hurt and those who have been invisible, um, all of a sudden this process of examination, I mean, the curtains are pulled 
back. And we begin to see things and understand things and hear things. Uh, and I think that's when the spirit really begins to do deep work. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I want to name, you mentioned uh, people who are, have been maybe suffered church hurt, right? The church hasn't been radiant, <laughs> but it's been, it's, it's, um, I'm going to rabbit trail here for a second, but I promise I'm going to pull it back. We uh, talked to Lisa Sharon Harper, recently wrote a book called Fortune. And in that book, she describes the difference between the Greek idea of perfection and the Hebrew idea of tov. Hmm. And she talks about how the Greek idea of perfection is to be perfect unto itself, this per perfect entity, whereas tov is much more about harmony and relationship with mm -hmm. everything around it. Mm -hmm. That's good. And sometimes I think when um, when pastors receive criticisms of the church, the first impulse is, no, the church has to be perfect. We have to be perfect. We respond with this def deflection of if there's any flaw, any any mistake we've made, it's somehow we've disappointed God or we've we've uh, betrayed the gospel, et cetera. Whereas, mm -hmm. whereas I think what you're describing in this book, and you mentioned Scott's book, that's why I thought of it, is actually what what is very good, Tov Ma'od, is to be in harmony and relationship with everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things your book describes, and you have a whole chapter on sort of partnerships, like radiant partnerships with men and mm -hmm. women, uh, is, is um, I think that one of the ideas here is the church has decided they want to keep things very perfect and self-contained. So men, you stay over here. And you do the pastor thing, and you don't ever get in a car with Tara Beth, you know. And if you get mm -hmm. on the podcast yep. early with Tara yep. Beth, you yep. make sure your your video yep. camera's off. <laughs> so until Christy gets here, yeah. um, <laughs> same thing if Christy gets here early. Uh, versus, like, what would it look like? And I want you to maybe speak to this, Tara Beth, because I know as a matter of survival, you've had to like hew this out and do the hard work of of figuring this out for yourself. Mm -hmm. What would it look like for us to move towards? not trying to make any mistakes, but move towards harmony and relationship as it relates to what you named earlier, this, this radiant church of men and women leading together. Like, what have you learned about that that you can share with us? Yeah, I love that. When you prioritize harmony um, over perfection, and I think perfection often, there's, there's a power dynamic there when it comes to perfection of, you know, seeking to protect and hold Whereas harmony is a is a giving away for the sake of the whole, mm. this idea of shalom, mm. you know, this mm. right relationship with creation, with myself, with God, with one another. And so um, perfection, you know, conversely is 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 not just power um, protecting, but it's a striving. And so when we prioritize this idea of harmony, shalom, or tov, instead, and I, I cannot wait to read um, Lisa Sharon Harper's book, but instead of perfection, that's this, this giving away. So, and I think it, it there's, it, and with this giving away then, it's messy and it's hard. Right. So like, let's return back to this radiant partnership for a moment as just an example. Um, Co-laboring together in ministry with women and men is, is really messy. And what we see oftentimes within the church is um, there's, it's either, you know, no boundaries, 
um, which I don't think is wise, um, or it's it's a reaction. You know, so when when things happened with Bill Hybels, we saw a lot of oh, if he would have followed the Billy Graham rule, but when we instead like lean into this idea of harmony, um, we're embracing the messy. Um, but also out of the sake of my brother that I'm partnering with, um, you know, we are um, transparent um, with the people around us. You know, it's, 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 it's just not black and white. The reason why I think people are so drawn to the Billy Graham role is because it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and to me, it's lazy. Mm. It's, it's a lazy way of, of working um, in, in gendered um, relationships, mm. men and women. Mm. Um, whereas the other takes more thought, um, it takes, uh, more conversation. It takes more transparency. It's messier mm -hmm. and seeking out, you know, to be a harmonious church, um, is harder in a lot of ways and it's messier. And so, and, you know, when it comes to the gen gender dynamics, men and women talking together in the first book emboldened, I talk about just different ways you can think about that, um, but even zooming out as a whole, um, when harmony is prioritized, um, power is given away. Yes. And I think that is, that's, that's when, you know, the radiance of God really shines. Yes. You know, I heard you say one of the things that you learned in your season at Paznaz was, was to, you have to reckon with power in a new, mm -hmm. in a new way. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the difficulties of being at the top of the food chain, mm -hmm. gender and racial food chain. And that is, or hierarchy is that power is always at your back. You can't feel it. Like it, it's, it's always assisting you. And so you're mm -hmm. never, you're never showing up for your first job and 600 people have left because you're a man. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that right. doesn't right. that doesn't happen right. to to a dude, a white dude, right? Um, and so I think that's one of the one of the gifts I hope for the church is that we can begin to see power, account for it, and then learn from Jesus. What does he do with it? Yeah. How does he carry power, and how does he navigate spaces where he is more powerless? Right. As a colonized Jew. Um. No, it's interesting that. <laughs> go, go ahead, Christy. <laughs> well, I remember maybe probably a year ago, you asked me, uh, what's your relationship with power? And I was like, huh. And I thought I knew the answer. I was just going to like rattle off like, ah, da, da, da. and then I chewed on it and then I chewed on it some more. And so it, I hear you saying like, we, we need to be able to grapple with that ourselves. Um, as pastors, men and women, but we also need to grapple with that as a congregation. Mm. Um, and how do we view um, power? How do we, what does it look like to, to see Jesus as the one who does the empowering um, and how he loves people so well? And how can we emulate that in our own lives, in our churches, in the big C church, um, I think is important. It's mm. a good word. Into that. Um, well, Terabeth, maybe as we turn towards wrapping things up, 
I'm struck by the stories that I hear in the last, I mean, we've, this is a two, this is a two year craziness. And for me, it's been a six year craziness. And for many of our listeners, this is just life. And so you're kind of like, welcome to the crazy show. But I feel like there's a sense in which I hear stories. There's not a sense in which data and then anecdotal stories tell me that pastors are leaving in droves and, yes. and pastors are being increasingly at odds with their congregations for instance, because of their gender, or because they say something like, uh, hey, we should deal with systemic injustice, and then they get charges of Marxism, and their district superintendent is called, and they get fired. And that's actually leading to pastors feeling like the church, this thing I gave my life to, I gave my heart to, I prayed over it, Um, I poured into these people, and then they've just they just kicked me out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I wonder if you have a word um, in, in very much a similar space in terms of not, uh, not bypassing that hurt, but I wonder if you have a word for us about how to sit in that pain honestly um, with, with the picture of a radiant church too. Yeah, I love that question. Well, we certainly do need to sit in the pain honestly. Um, you know, as the book says, the body keeps score. Yeah, right. And, you know, there's just been so much um, conversation these days just about the trauma that pastors are feeling and experiencing in their conversa- in their congregations. And we do need to sit in that pain. We do need to grieve. Um and I, I think that for many pastors, this is a time of, of allowing ourselves to feel the depths of the pain and um, sadness over the state of things um, and finding others who feel that same pain. And my hope would be that as we weep, as we lament, that we keep Jesus at the center of that. Um, and understand that, you know, I think so much of what we see within the church today is absolutely a far cry from the vision that Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh, The vision of the church um, that Jesus prayed um, in the garden and on and on. And so for me, I just want to keep returning to the call. Um, even in the grief and in the pain and the lament, but I want to return to why, why I did this to begin with? Um, because I believe in the church because Jesus believes in the church. And I mm. think Jesus still believes in us. Uh, mm. I don't think Jesus is discarding us. Yes. I, I think we're going through a shifting and there is a tearing down that's happening, but I want to be part of the new things. Mm. I want to be part of the signs of spring. And I hope um, that others would would become prisoners prisoners of hope. Um, that's where I am. I'm, yeah. I'm grieving, and I'm a prisoner of hope. That's good. That's good, Tara Beth. Um, I think this book is needed right now. I, I I I find myself as a pastor, someone committed to the church, um, longing for her. Uh, deliverance and freedom and redemption 
and and purifying and cleansing. And I often feel like I'm having um, these fights on either side of me, which is mm-hmm. to 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 leave her, to mm-hmm. ditch her, or to uh, stop stop being so hard on her. And I think your book helps us uh, not abuse not abuse God's church, but also not sweep things under the rug that God wants to heal. And that's mm-hmm. such an important space to hold right now, not yes. just for pastors, but for people in churches. And so thank you for the labor of writing this book. And thank you for you sharing your life with us here. Uh, that tells us why this book is so important, not only for you, but for many of us who find our story in yours. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't, I don't typically do this, but um, before I ask you where we can find you, as you were sharing, as you were sharing that last bit, I thought of Psalm 126. Um, and I thought of the end of that Psalm and I'm just going to read it here. I could do it. I could try to do it from memory, but uh, it would be embarrassing. So here, here is the end of Psalm 126. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Here in your call to us, Terabeth, to inhabit the activity, the faithfulness, the hard work of Psalm 126 and our devotion to the Lord. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks for reading that. That's powerful. I'm going to return to that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> how can people uh, follow you or track you? Are you are you findable online or? Um, how very people- easily findable. <laughs> yes, very easy. It's not hard to find me. I'm on you know Instagram and oh Facebook, Twitter, um, and if you still can't find me, just Google me. Okay, <laughs> find me somewhere there. Great. Well, Terabeth, thanks for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's been Matt, a gift. Thank you, Christy. Likewise. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.